0: the midweek Progress with Unity podcast, Adam, Paul and Barry are going to chew the fat this evening, looking back at the Oxford United game and looking ahead to a bit of cup distraction as we face Stoke City at the Britannia Stadium at the weekend. Good evening, Adam. Good evening. Uh, And good evening, Paul. Evening, Barry. Evening, Adam. Yeah, the clock's ticked over another year for me. Uh, thanks for your birthday wishes, which were sadly edited out, so the viewers <laughs> couldn't hear them. The viewers, the listeners couldn't hear them, but thank you anyway. We're going have at it one, Oxford United one. I think the game played out as how I predicted with Carl Robinson's tactics, the uh, town-wasting, uh, shenanigans, and uh, mm. up, put a good side at the same time.
1: I think the only bit I didn't uh, predict was... The scoreline, right? Because, yeah, like you say, the, the shenanigans of, of the Oxford players was absolutely spot on the money. And it fired the crowd up and it fired the team up.
0: For the first 20 minutes, we, we couldn't get into the game. The, this, the boss midfield, they really did boss midfield and we were chasing shadows. We were out, outgunned in, in that centre center of the park. And I don't think it was too much of a surprise when the goal did come, but perhaps it was a surprise the way it came
2: What we've got to say about that goal is that it was very well worked, very quick passing, good movement, very slick. I have a few issues with it, really. I mean, I think there were some opportunities to get what we call the amber card to stop the attack. You know, the professional foul to stop the attack before the danger. It was a little bit easy. It was symptomatic. Of the first few minutes of the game, really, were intended to be running through us. We, we seemed to be second to everything early on in the game. So, well worked goal, but I think Liam Richardson said in his interview that you know the things from our perspective that we could have done better in the circumstances, and uh, and maybe things that he could have done better in the circumstances, because as we'll come on to him in a moment. He did. He did make some um, tactical switches during the course of that first half.
1: I, th- I think Adam's saying we were second to something to some balls in the, every ball in the midfield. I think we were third to some of them. Um, we, we seemed we just seemed so not so much off the pace because they were putting the effort in, but just just not. We didn't get anything, did we? And then of course the the tactical switches. Uh, and I'm sure, like everybody else in the ground, <laughs> you guys were were looking and trying to work out who was playing where. And, and what tactical switches had actually been made when Carol Mang was put through for the equalizer, and it was like it was it was, it was that sort of get your head around where everybody was. and next thing you know, Lang had scored.
0: Yeah, I think what what was happening it was like a, we just said the midfield we were going over-run, um, and he just put three in, put three in the middle, yeah. and we were missing we missed Will Keen last night. Will Keen will drop and pick that then drop deep and pick the balls up. Uh, it just gives us that extra body in the middle. And it worked a treat straight away. And they didn't react to the change, did they? As when we made it, they didn't react at all. And that's Max Perbola found himself with, with a lot of room. And they slipped Callum Langan, who finished superbly. And that was on 36 minutes. The game had turned on its head after half an hour. And I, I well, just, you know, just after half an hour. And I thought we, we were going to go on to, to uh, win it. And I thought we were the dominant team in, in the match.
1: Completely agree. If they'd have come away with a with a win, we'd have been far more aggrieved than they would if we'd have come away from a win.
0: We hit the post as well right at the death of that arse, didn't we?
2: We didn't get that bounce of the ball, did we really? Even when we were struggling early on, I do think we looked a threat. You know, there were a couple of occasions where the ball broke to us and we just didn't play the right ball. But I think once we made the tactical switch, we were more of a threat and they were less of a threat. So really, it was, it was a good tactical move. But... I think without Keane, I'm not sure yet whether Lang can play that number 10 position for me. I'm not convinced that he's quite got it to play that position. He's either right up front or he plays on the right. I know he can play on the left as well if he has to, but last night we had Needs Must... We played three midfielders in there. You, used, you would say they'd all give you something defensively. They give you a tiny bit in Max Power going forward. I think that might be a decent setup for some of these away games that we've uh, got coming up in the in the next month. Well, this month now, as it is, to make us more solid. I think in that formation, if we do need to change it, I think if Asgard would fit quite well at the head of that midfield. I think we've got options even in that formation as well and in that formation it means that if whoever is left back and whoever is right back are kind of playing as wing backs really because one of nail or shinny or on occasions power would actually sit back in there so I don't think we stumbled on it because I'm sure he had it in his mind but having that more solid midfield does actually provide us with still some very good attacking options.
0: A couple of players caught my eye last night. I might get a little bit ridiculed for this, but uh, one of them was Stevie Humphries again, Blue and Thunder display. And the other was Gavin Massey. I thought he was very disciplined, got stuck in. Three times he cleaned uh, Oxford players out, played with his heart and soul, and it was good to see. And he looked quite dangerous as well at times.
2: I, I like, you know, what my views are on Massey. You know, I'll always defend him because he's given a role to play. He clearly plays that role. William Richardson wants him to. You don't have any favourites at this level of football. You play the players who can do the job for you on that particular day. I, I, I agree. I think he had a really good game last night and that's probably why he stayed on the pitch for, was he on for the duration or until, more or less, wasn't he?
0: Uh, yeah, he was the latest one in Edwards. Five minutes, yeah. Edwards, Edwards came him. on for him. Mm-hmm. Humphreys went off as well. I think he burnt himself out, Stevie Humphreys, and Josh McGuinness come on. He got that goal disallowed, which he, he was clearly offside. I mean, at first I was like, I was hoping the linesman and I hadn't spotted it, but he was just stood in front of the last line of defence. Uh, but it was a good finish, clean as the whistle. Very quick yeah. thinking as well. Quick free kick. So. Excellent free kick and a good ball across from Lange. And then we had the uh, what more chance did we were the keeper pulled off a tremendous safe? and that again
2: right at the death of the game. I can't really remember apart from Watmore when he sort of fell over. It seemed like he fell over his shoelace in the second half. I can't really remember them being of any threat whatsoever. I, I think you could tell the way they were playing in the last twenty minutes. They were absolutely knackered and they were delighted to get a draw because. They were trying to take time out of the game, weren't they, by... I'm not going to say faking and injury. Any means yeah. possible. Yeah,
1: yeah well, faking injury. Because that guy was down and down and
0: down until the <laughs> trainer came on and then suddenly he was all right. Full applause to the referee, though, because he still yeah. made him go off, didn't he? The other thing they were doing, they were trying to instigate mass brawls as well. <laughs> you know? But he, he was killing time. I mean, there was no punches thrown out or anything, but people were running in and it was a melee that the referee had to sort out. And it was killing time. Talking of the referee, I thought you were very good last night, bar one thing, just the four minutes at the end. Yeah, it should have been five or even six minutes, definitely. You know, there was a lot more than four minutes there. Starts, possession, 54%. 12 shots, three on target for us, five and one offset for them. Uh, fouls, 13. Us, 14, they committed. Yellows, we picked up two. Shinny again, second game, he's picked a, a, a yellow card up. And uh, Callum Lang, yeah, attendance, 9,958. Just 42 short of 10,000. Away fans, 571. So it, we're creeping up there. There's more people going to these games now. And on uh, Tuesday night, it was a cold night. With a bit of rain in the air as well. So so that was quite good. Uh, Man of the match, it was a three-way street. Uh, and in the end, one player just run away with it a little bit. Tom Naylor. So the progress the Unity listeners... Man of the match for the game versus Oxford United at the DW Stadium is Lattic's number four midfield player Tom Naylor. Congratulations, Tom, and another top performance from our defensive midfield man. Well done, Tom. Sponsored
2: by Wigan Athletic Supporters Club.
0: Right, we've had news today that the Crew Alexander game that was scheduled for Saturday will be moved to Tuesday, the 15th of February. <laughs> so, which gives two days rest before the team players will face Rotherham. I'll
2: tell you what, we're more likely to lose to Crew and beat Rotherham. I, I think if you if you pick three points up from either game, it's enough. Well, yeah, because we're not really looking at Rotherham, are we? You have to finish above 22 teams, don't you? That's it. Still looking like us and Rotherham for the top two slots. The bookies, um have said that Rotherham are the favourites now, followed by us, and then Sunderland are about nine, ten to one. We're about six to four, and I think Rotherham are even money. So clearly, you can see where the bookies think the two uh, the two sides are we're going to get promoted. Transfer window, oh, it's closed now. That's it. We've got what we've got.
0: A couple of signings late in the day. I, th- I think the key question <laughs> with that is,
1: do we look stronger now than we did before the window opened?
0: He's brought people in for cover answers, so, so we can he, he, we can shuffle the pack when needed, and it's going to be needed over the coming weeks. Now, Saturday sees us in the fourth round of the FA Cup down the M6, forty miles to Stoke City, and we have Simon Jenkins, Stoke City fan, been on the podcast before, and he's going to give us some views on the Potters.
3: Over well, to you, Simon. Hi Adam, hi everyone. Uh, Pleasure to be back on the podcast again. So, a bit of a a stoke perspective ahead of the the Cup game on Saturday. I mean, our season so far really has been a bit... It's started well, but it's flattered to deceive a little bit really. It's a bit like last season, we got off to a a good start and we're we're right in the playoff places through the autumn. But then, then we've just tailed off a bit and kind of same again this year really. We have been quite unlucky with injuries to key players. So, Nick Powell has been injured. He got injured in mid-October and he's only just returned back into the team. Uh, Well, actually, he's only made one sub-appearance since then. Um, So he's only just back from injury and a a direct correlation, to be honest, between his injury and our downturn in in form and us falling out of touch with the playoff places a little bit. Uh, I mean, you all know the kind of impact Nick Powell can have when when he's on the pitch. So that's been a bit disappointing. We also had a big injury to Harry Suter, who's a young centre back who's, who's really broken through into the team in the last twelve months or so. He got injured on international duty for Australia um, back in November, I think it was. So we've been without him since then, and he's he's uh, he's going to be out long term, certainly for the rest of this season. So, so a bit unlucky with injuries. So I, I think we're going to struggle to to make the playoffs this year. We've fallen out of contention a little bit, really. So. That would be slightly disappointing, but I think we've got a lot longer term. And the promising thing at Stoke is we've actually got a few good young players coming through now. Um, Tyrese Campbell, the the striker, Kevin Campbell's son. uh, He's back from injury, back in the team. Uh, DiMaggio Wright-Phillips has just broken into the team. Sean Wright-Phillips' son uh, as well. We've got Joe Bursick, the England Under-21 goalkeeper injured at the minute but he'll be back in soon so some promising signs i think we might just have to be patient for the next couple of years and and hope hope that we can come good then really in terms of this january transfer window we've done some interesting business actually we've signed lewis baker from chelsea it's kind of one of these chelsea players who's been out on various loan deals over the years but we we've now signed him permanently um, I was surprised to see he's 26. Actually, um, because he's kind of he stayed at Chelsea but never broke into the team, and um, he's just been out on so many loans. But yeah, he's, he's 26 now. But we signed him. He started the last few games. And he, he looks really good. Actually, looks a class act in central midfield. So I think he could be a good signing for us. We signed um, the nearly 40 year old Phil Jagielka as well on a, a short term contract till the end of the season. He looks. Good so far, actually. Our defence has been shaky recently and he looks like he's really shored it up for us. We're playing three centre-backs most of the time as well. So I think he he can kind of still get away quite comfortably playing in that system. So he looks like a good short-term buy, actually. We've got another centre-back, Taylor Harwood-Bellis, on loan from City. Not sure so far about him. He's only played a few games, but he's been out on loan at Anderlecht, actually, playing under Vincent Kompany. Um, I'm not quite sure why, but they recalled him and he's he's come out to us. We've got a young lad, Jaden Philogene Bidase, who's come in on loan from Aston Villa, highly rated, uh, only featured in a couple of games. So jury's still out on him, really. And then just on deadline day, we've signed Josh Madger on loan and Liam Moore uh, on loan from Reading as well. It's a bit of a swap deal with Tom Ince. So. We'll we'll see. Uh, Jury's still out in those last few players. I haven't haven't seen him play enough or at all yet. But yeah, quite a busy January window for us. I'm sure some of those players will feature on Saturday. I just wanted to say a word about um, Jordan Cousins and and James McLean, who of course left Stoke and have have gone to Wigan uh, this summer. I wasn't too surprised to see Cousins leave, really. He struggled to break into the team at Stoke, kind of due to to injury problems. And I know he's had some injury problems since he's, he's joined you as well. Um, but also the fact we we have got kind of, we're pretty stacked at central midfield in terms of, of volume of players there really. So, and he, he wasn't a Michael O'Neill signing. So I wasn't too surprised to to see him leave. McLean was a bit of a stranger one though, because when Michael O'Neill took over at Stoke, he was the first name on the team sheet and he was, he was a real O'Neill favorite. And in that season, when uh, O'Neill took over in the November, we were bottom and we were really in trouble. Um, McLean was good. He was probably our best player that season. Um, But but just gradually, I'm not sure why, fell out of favour with O'Neal and just stopped featuring, really. So I wasn't that surprised to see him go in the end, but I was really surprised how all of a sudden he... He fell out of favour because I never really understood it to be honest. So um, yeah, but it looks like looks like he's been doing well for you this season, which is which is good to see. Um, I mentioned Nick Powell before, so I won't say any more on that. But he, he's such a class act of a player, isn't he? And yeah, his injury in October has, has definitely had a big impact on our our sort of drop off in form, really. So good to see him back. He made a sub appearance last week. Um, whether he'll feature on Saturday, I'm I'm not sure. But he, he is back and available now. In terms of Saturday's game, I think um, thinking about the team and what our team might look like, uh, it's hard to say really because we've been rotating quite a bit in the Championship anyway, to be honest. So it's quite hard to know what the team's going to be from one week to the next. I don't know if it will necessarily be totally full-strength team on Saturday because I think that, you know, trying to get back in the playoff picture is probably our top priority, even though I think it's going to be a struggle for us now. Um, but I do expect it to be a pretty strong team. Uh, you know, we, we will be taking the cup seriously and I, I do expect it'll be a decent team fielded on saturday even if not totally full strength. In terms of a prediction, uh, we've not been great recently so i'm, I'm not super confident with this but I'll, I'll go for a i'll go for a 2-1 Stoke win and we'll see whether that turns out to be true or not. So um good luck to you all anyway for for the rest of the season. Uh just just hopefully not too much luck on saturday. Uh thanks for having me on the podcast again and uh, yeah, take care. Bye bye.
2: Quite interesting, really. A lot of a lot of work has been done by them over the uh, transfer window. Uh, I thought it was an interesting one with the kind of swap deal that they've got Liam Moore going in, who's a defender, isn't he, a centre-back, and uh, obviously they've got uh, Tom Ince has gone the other way. Uh, I also thought it was interesting that they've got two sons, haven't they, of famous footballers in the side in Kevin Campbell's son and Sean Sean Wright Phillips' uh, son also the grandson of Ian Wright 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 seems like they're going to put a good side out on Saturday Sounds like it's going to be a tough game and it's because it's going to be a battle we're going to need a really strong referee on the queue for referee it's time for refwatch the
1: referee on Saturday will be Jeff Eltringham from County Durham now if that name seems familiar he's been on the national list of referees since the 9 10 season. And he's also took charge of the Latics in 12 games down the years, including Stoke away in the the 2019-20 season, which ended in a 2-1 defeat. And Jeff Eltringham's last game in charge of Latics was our 1-0 win over QPR in July 2020. And his card watch for this season is 21 games, 86 yellows, Two reds and two penalties. And that's Jeff Eltringham, the referee for Saturday.
2: Right. Well, let's have a quick look at the previous against Stoke. Over the years, been one of our big rivals. You know, geographically, maybe not on the doorstep, but certainly have always been a big Wigan athletic rival. We've played 34 times, we've won the nine, 13 draws and 12 defeats. The first meeting was on the 10th of November 1990, a 2-0 defeat at the Victoria Ground in Division 3. And we won the reverse fixture in February, 4-0 on that day. I think that was my birthday, actually. Um, and Alan Ball got the sack. The last meeting uh, striked a chord, 30th of June, 2020. A 3-0 win, but we all know what happened after that. I think in terms of played at Stoke, there have been a number of famous games, but none more so than the Hugo Rodriguez goal uh, to keep us in the Premier League. Let's have a quick look at uh, Stoke City's form. So as Simon alluded to earlier, they've slipped off a bit recently. Um, They are now in 12th position with 39 points from 28 games. Recent form isn't... Fantastic, either uh, just one win in the last five games and three defeats as well during that period of time. So potentially we might be catching them at the right time. What do we think, guys?
0: We want to go. We want to
2: win every game we
0: play, but then again, we're, we're not too fussed if we don't in some of the with you know the FA Cup. But I don't think they'll put a full team out. And I don't think we'll put a full strength side out either. A lot of the fringe players will get a game. Like you said, can't envisage Nick Paul playing. I can't see James McLean playing either. Maybe rest Lang. I don't know if McGuinness is cup-side or not, but if he if he's not, I think he might get a run out. I'm going to go for 2-1, six win. Oh,
1: do you know, I thought I was going to be slightly controversial, but actually I would echo pretty much what you've just said. It's not the worst thing in the world if we lose, is it? It's not the best thing in the world if we win. We'd rather have three points week after. I, th- I think, yeah, you, you, you're right. You're going to see, I th- you're going to see various changes. I mean, some of these, you know, you might see a couple of these new lads play. It's so difficult to second guess
2: what um, Liam Richardson is going to do. I'll go for, I'll go for a one nil stoke win. So it'd be interesting to see what team we play. I've just had a quick look. Uh I didn't get the McGuinness thing, but it looks like Graham Shinney is cup tied, so he's not going to be playing this week. It's a tough one, really. I mean, we've got uh, we've got two very accomplished centre arts who could play uh if if required. Hopefully Bennett's back at left back again. I didn't notice him getting injured in the pizza trophy last week. So I'm presuming he's pretty close to fitness. Um I think Edwards will get a run-out. Obviously, the new signing, I think, will get a game. It's hard to say because you don't really know what team they're going to play either, but you know me, I'm ever the optimist, so I'm going to go Stoke City now, Wigan Athletic, four. <laughs> Lovely. <So> ourselves <laughs> and Plymouth
0: are both engaged in the FA Cup. The The fixtures in League One will be Burton Albion the Sheffield Wednesday, Cheltenham Athletic, Play Wimbledon. It's Rich Town, Gillingham. MK Dons are at home to Lincoln City. Morecambe and Bolton. Oxford United will take on Portsmouth. Rotherham United are playing Accrington Stanley. Shrewsbury Town, Fleetwood, and Managerless Sunderland will play Doncaster Rovers. Uh, just before we do wrap up tonight, a bit of good news coming in uh, on transfer deadline day. Dan Byrne and Keith Amua both signed deals with new clubs, earning the Latics close to £2 in sell-on fees. Fantastic stuff.
2: What a legend Dan Byrne has been. (laughs) Because we also got his, uh, last year, we got his staying-up bonus as well, didn't we? (laughs) He's earned
0: earned us some money, that lad, asked for a free transfer.
2: Right, well, we'll be back on Sunday, seeing if we've recovered
0: from our trip to Stoke. It'll be a look forward to the Tuesday night game at Sheffield Wednesday. With friend of the podcast joining us, Kevin, and he'll be giving us the loading on the owls. So until then, take care, enjoy your week, enjoy the cup game, and up the ticks. Up the ticks. Ticks. Come on.